0: DAOs are a pathway to a fairer, richer, and more equitable future for employees, users, contributors. I think that all Web2 companies are dead.
1: They just don't know it yet. And that if you're not dowing your company and issuing your customers shares for patronage, you're just not going to make it.
2: What would the world look like if decisions were made by the people, for the people? DAO or Never is here to break down how DAOs are disrupting traditional power structures and transforming the way we interact. If you're ready, let's get into today's episode. Welcome to DAO or Never. This is a show to help you learn about the rapidly changing world of DAOs. You'll hear from leaders and innovators in the DAO world and discover how they've taken their passions and leveraged the power of DAOs to grow and empower their communities. Today, we are here with Josh Lapidus of Opolis, a next-gen digital employment cooperative, and he serves in multiple leadership roles related to ETH Denver and is a member of MetaCartel and The Rug. We're also here with Yaler Moon, a DAO contributor to MetaCartel, Logos, and many more. He's also a member of the Opolis Employment Commons, and finally, Isaac Patka, co-founder of Logos LogosDAO, who will be facilitating a dynamic discussion today on benefits being built in the blockchain. Welcome to DAO or Never, guys. Isaac, over to you.
3: Thank you very much for the intro, Lisa. I'm really excited to be here with uh, Joshua and, and Yeller, whom I've worked with on uh, many projects throughout the space. Um, but something that I'm really excited to learn about more today is, um, what role Opolis plays in the ecosystem. Um, I've seen you guys at a lot of conferences and talks, and I know a lot of, of users of the product. Um, but for, for the uninitiated, first, Joshua, like, what do people use Opolis for and what, what role does it fill in the space?
1: Thanks, Isaac. And thanks, Lisa. Pleasure to be here. So Opolis is a member-owned digital employment cooperative. We service pretty much anybody who earns 1099 income in the U.S. That's people who earn pre-tax, which is, as you're listening to this, pretty much anybody who works for a DAO, because DAOs aren't generally withholding taxes and setting up the corporate structures to be able to do these things and, and offer benefits to their employees. So I would say the the two primary things that people use Opolis for in the space are, uh, one, processing crypto payroll without having to go through a centralized exchange, and two, accessing our high-quality group rate benefits. So healthcare dental insurance, vision insurance, and contributing to like a 401k, that kind of stuff.
3: Wait, I have a question about the the part about the payroll without having to go through a centralized exchange. So like as somebody that I, I occasionally just get random payments from different DAOs that I'm participating in, if I were like hooked up with with Opolis, does that mean that I just, does that get converted to fiat for me in some way? Or does it like, does it change the offboarding of those funds in some way? Or is it just kind of like monitoring what I'm getting paid for?
1: So it's not monitoring. It's an employment replacement situation. So let's say you earned enough of this sporadic income to make more than minimum wage wherever it is that you, where do, what state are you in? Uh, I'm in New York. New York's minimum wage is 70,000. So if you're earning more than 70,000 a year in this extracurricular pre income, income, uh, you'd be able to use Opalus to process this payroll through us. What does this mean? So uh, we take that 70 K, we divide it by 24. I don't have a calculator in front of me, so I have no idea what that equals. It's like four grand maybe. Let's say about 4,000 twice a month. You're going to get an invoice for DAI, USDC, USDT, uh, any stable coin that you've got. Um, You're going to log into your dashboard. It'll show you, you have to pay 4,000 USDC or 4,000, whatever the stable coin is. And then you're just going to send that to us. And then on the first and third Friday of each month, you're going to get the net, which would be The 4,000 minus the taxes that you owe to the state of New York, the federal government, and to social security, Medicare, workers comp, unemployment, all the good stuff. And any of the benefits you've opted into, the net of that, let's say it ends up being like 3,200, is going to be direct deposited into your personal bank account on the first, third Friday of each month. So it's a, it's an off-ramp for your stablecoin.
3: I see. That makes a lot of sense. That's definitely a lot better than how I normally, than how I typically operate. Um, and the other, so you, you use Opalus, right?
0: Yeah, definitely. It's helpful for me when I think about things like, you know, small DAOs spinning up like quick collaboration stuff and stuff like that. A lot of the times just are spending time in a sandbox, like experimenting with what what's working and what isn't working. And if we're receiving payments from like, clients for like service work, uh, I can pay, ro- pay my payroll benefits directly from our, what used to be able to pay payroll benefits directly from our Gnosis uh, Safes. And now it's just a quick transfer from a safe into a privately owned wallet and then transfer it over. But it helps for me establishing like a consistency where I have like invoices, payroll, or they're not called invoices. They're called like a, what, W-2s. Yeah, there's a really good example of this because he's like
1: a full-time Taoist. He's out there. He's got lots of different clients. He doesn't have to worry about working a full 40 hours for one of these clients and then trying to negotiate them giving him benefits and. If you work forty this week but not next week, do we really have to pay you? And this is the Web two bullshit. Ah, I did it. I was the first to swear. Uh, it was <laughs> the Web two bullshit.
3: Nice. Someone had to do
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> Where like these companies, the HR comp the, the HR departments, like job it is to minimize risk to the company, and often that means screwing the employee. And he doesn't have that. He can you know ten hours here, ten hours there. He can do stuff
0: for logos, Metacartel, all the other stuff, and he well, owns or just his sh- benefits or not even the freedom to be able to like work where I want to work um, to be able to explore different projects, work on different projects and find how they align and intersect. Like it can be this kind of like focus situation where you are held at a bit of a knife point to like "Mm -hmm, focus here. Like, yeah, it's been like a few years, probably like three years, actually full-time kind of collaborating on DAOs. And like uh, for the time that I've used Opolis, it's been incredibly helpful to just like simplify the process of being like a little notification, make the payroll payment and it's done, you know, all those things that I, cause I'm not a, I'm not a savvy, like reading all the paperwork kind of guy. I'm like a jump in and do things and, and start, you know, like exploring new things. Like I don't like to read the fine print so Opalus helps me make sure I'm uh, safe and covered on those fronts.
3: Yeah, then that just if it seems to fit really well into like how how people operate in DAOs, which is like you meet somebody, you start and you end up working on a starting to collaborate on a project together, and then at some point you start, and then at some point someone's like, Hey, uh submit your submit your request to the DAO to get paid. And it's like, wait a minute. Okay, now now what happens? And then you get some crypto that flows to your account, and it's like, hey, what do I what do I do with this? Do I just hold on to it and pretend that I did not just receive that money, or do I go on and pay an accountant to figure out how to do it? So nice I'm gonna that, that. chime
1: in right
0: there and say a hundred percent you should pay your taxes. This is the thing I like to say. <laughs> but it's just a matter of when when you pay them, I think is what Isaac's is specifying. <laughs> yeah, yes, certainly. But this is this is the question that like you you'd be surprised how many times I
1: hear it where people are like, Well, I don't really know if I wanna it's like, no, that's nope pay your taxes so are you guys familiar with al capone i don't wear a chicago shirt and i got to talk about this of course legend al capone the most yeah legend one of the most prolific gangsters in history body count of over 400 uh racketeering booze during the prohibition there was a crime he did it right do you know what
0: the feds got him for tax evasion tax evasion <laughs> they got him for tax evasion the government. So, so what you're saying is like, we can be all kinds of criminals, but don't evade paying taxes. <laughs> that's kind of what I'm saying. I'm not
1: saying go commit crime. What I'm saying is if you do commit crime, make sure the government gets a cut because that's all <laughs> the government cares about. They want their money. No, no, no. It, but it's in seriousness, like uh, there's a lot of things that we're doing on the edges of financial innovation and corporate innovation. And there's so many different things that we're doing that are outside of the norm of what boomers like what government expects and so as long as we are paying our taxes they're going to leave us alone to play in the sandbox to do these experiments to you know destroy the banks (laughs) just as long as the government's getting its cut
0: it's a great point. It's like you can you can build systems that uh go around the existing ones, but it doesn't mean you need to exit them all together and like live in a, in a commune or a treehouse in the woods. Like we need to build from within to go around, right? To just literally go around the inefficient systems and like not paying taxes or not dealing with that is like actually not gonna help you to go around because you're gonna cause more headache and more issues for yourself. So having something that like Opelista works is a solution. And allows you the freedom and flexibility to go where you want to go, work on the things you want to do, is a great like, back pocket solution that I would definitely, I have been recommending it to people for a while. So. Yeah,
3: I first learned about it, I think, last summer at EATCC, I saw Bill Warren gave a talk on it. It was like Opalist, the employment cooperative, and just sitting in the audience, waiting for my turn to talk. But then I was like, "Wait, I can't believe this one that like people anticipated the need for this and that this already exists, and I can just like go and sign up for this." Like, how long has this actually been um, available, and when did uh like what are kind of the early day stories of Opalist and how how did it, how did you guys get here?
1: Yeah, that's a great question, and that goes back to and this ties in with Eat Denver. So John Paller and Eddie Pastor founded Opolis back in 2017. It was more of a traditional PEO, like add Paychex, ADP, which some of you have heard of. And one of the things is they, they really focus on employment of like 50 plus. So if you've got a large company, you've got 50 plus employees, like that's their bread and butter. And then this other, this new suite of companies comes along, the Silicon Valley cohort of focusing on the startup. And this, is, uh, I think you guys are with Gusto. Um, this is one of those where they focus on companies that are like 5, 10, 15. At some point, I wasn't there, but at some point between 2017 and 2020, John Peller, the idea of democratizing employment had been with him and they were finally like, let's do it. Let's focus on the solopreneur. Nobody's, nobody's targeting these, these individuals. And that's because it's not a financially viable business model to go after like one Yaler moon at a time because the sales cycle is like two, three hours, a lot of onboarding, the administrative work in the back end which comes to the question people normally ask is, how does Opalist make money? And the goal is not to make money. The goal is to grow a global public utility infrastructure for employment, completely desegregating this concept of employment from work and then empowering the self-sovereign individual to be out here, And whether it's for DAOs or whether it's as a marketing consultant or a lawyer or an accountant, just to set up your own shingle and not have to get just reamed By individual brokers who are going to be charging you an arm and a leg because you don't have the group negotiating power to be an employment of 350, which is where we're at right now. And so East Denver and Opolis kind of grew together back in 2018. and, And this is kind of the origins of, I don't know if there's a specific story you were looking for.
3: Yeah, that's pretty incredible. And, um, I think it speaks a lot to the the freedom that people feel when they start working in in a way like this, where it's like I can just be doing the things I want to be doing, committing to the things I want to be able to commit to, without having to figure out how to tie your your health, your benefits, and all that stuff to to kind of an outdated corporate employment structure. That's pretty incredible. How well does it work? I mean, just across all the states in the U.S., is it available? Yeah, one like how is
1: how, like where is it available? So it's available in the 48 states that don't suck. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, so there's there's two states. Hey, Hawaii does not suck, dude. Hawaii does not suck. Oh, no, we support Hawaii. We've got a few members in Hawaii.
0: Oh, really? I thought you meant like the
1: lower 48. No, it's Arizona and, and Michigan. So uh, there's some like financial hoops we have to jump through in Michigan that we're getting to. And Arizona actually has like this ancient. They've got this like, backward wave. of. There are like certain towns where it's like, we're only going to issue four liquor licenses for the whole town. Uh, Arizona did that with PEOs. And so there's only a certain number of PEOs that are allowed to operate in Arizona. And that law is set to expire in 2024. So I'm like meeting with legislators and trying to get this improved. Seems like a good way to secure a monopoly. Uh, that's exactly what it was done for. The big guys throw some legislators who are 100% corrupt, just some extra money to be like, keep the new kid off our block. And so we'd have to buy an existing PEO or get the law changed. And we don't have the money to just go buy a legacy company. At least not right now.
3: Maybe that would be a fun. Well,
1: that's not even what we raise a DAO to buy an existing PEO. In Arizona.
3: I mean, that, that's a <laughs> scaling path. That that could work. That could work. <laughs> How much could a PEO NFT company cost? NFT sale
0: to buy. Well, Gusto spends like
1: $700,000 a month in, in advertising. So you no know, hundreds of millions of dollars. Is, is what PEOs go for these days.
0: I mean, maybe we could find a dying one, <laughs> like a uh, Radio Shack launching its new crypto, right? Yeah, and Blockbuster just buying the like the rebrand.
3: Are there plans to support? I mean, globally, I think the employment and, and health system is in, is in some ways like less messed up. But like, I'm sure that there are many things that a cooperative could help with people internationally as well. Like, are there are there plans for that?
1: Absolutely. So we are most of the way through our Canadian expansion. As in like the, the launch plans to go into Ontario and BC and probably eventually maybe ever Quebec. <laughs> They've got like a completely different set of, and that goes back to why we haven't expanded into Europe yet, which is the concept of co-employment and the concept of PEOs is, is very different. So what we do with, with Yaler, for example, is he's a co-employee of his LLC and the Employment Commons LCA, which is a Colorado cooperative. Co-employment doesn't exist everywhere. And if we were to take on a relationship like this with Yaler in France, we basically would never be able to fire him. And that's not exactly how Opolis works. Like the goal is not for you to work for us. The goal is for you to work for yourself, for you to be empowered using our rails to work for yourself, be your own boss, like negotiate your own contracts and not have to worry about the business side of doing business. We've talked to lawyers in Germany and the UK and they're like yeah, if you employ these people, you're pretty much stuck with them until they retire. It's like that's not, you're fundamentally not
0: understanding what it is we're trying to build here. If the revenue from the payroll is coming from those individuals, how would that even look if you were in Europe and like you're never actually paying those people your money? You're paying them their money, right? There's just no structure. What Opolis will look like in other countries
1: is going to be different, uh, because the value proposition in the US is. Compliant payroll cr- crypto payroll, and health insurance, and in Europe like they don't understand that Americans pay somewhere between fifteen and thirty thousand dollars a year in health
0: insurance. It's crazy to other countries when they look at what people pay in America for health insurance, right, yeah, and so like we we'll have these conversations with like French
1: teams, and they just fundamentally don't understand, so we've got a couple of employees in the u s some in Canada, and some around the world like we'll lay out. This is what works for your Americans. they're like, but you can't accommodate anybody else, so we can't use you. It's like, yeah, yeah, but you don't understand like making this available to your American contributors is a huge load off of one your administrative burden, but also like their quality of life is improved because they're able to access these benefits, and you can issue them a stipend of three five hundred five hundred dollars if you want to, but instead of not being able to access anything we've we've been able to onboard some of these contributors that are on these distributed teams, Um, but it'd be a lot easier for our growth if Europeans could comprehend like the gravity of what it means to an American to be able to access group rate health insurance.
3: Can somebody work for Opolis and get paid in not crypto?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, We've got realtors and psychologists and doctors, and not to say that psychologists aren't doctors, just other kinds of doctors, lawyers, (laughs)
0: CPAs like physicians, like lots of different. That's the interesting thing about Opolis is that it actually like kind of transcends the whole like Web3 crypto native digital nomad group. Any independent worker, an artist, a musician, you know, someone who's like doing work and has different jobs and maybe has multiple jobs coming in, multiple different streams of income. It kind of brings it all together. And it's like, great, this is your package that you take with you wherever you go, whatever you want to do. And it maybe unites like crypto digital nomad people and like independent workers, like artists we're already seeing with NFTs. So it's like an interesting thing where the benefits are actually like creating some um, central point of fusion for people to be able to work on the things and do the things that they care about the most without worrying about what strings are attached or what they're going to lose by switching to a different role.
1: Well, just on that is why are the first 300 members mostly in the crypto space and that's because that's where we live right so john uh, opolis founder is also the founder of eat denver and so all of our connections are are with all of these different teams that have sponsored eat denver all these people who contributed to DAOs, people who show up and attend and so we've been growing through the ethereum not just ethereum because there's a lot of like Polkadot and Terra, and what are they some some cosmos not for long yeah hopefully they find other places in the ecosystem. There's a lot of EVM things that are
0: hiring. <laughs> Come on over.
1: EVM will take you any day of the week. <laughs> yeah. Well, so and it's a massive ecosystem that's growing. And you asked a little bit about the work token. There's a really strong referrals component. So instead of just throwing money at Google and Facebook, who's just going to take our money and run, putting putting a little bit more heft into the referral and, and having it be a word of mouth type of uh, system. So I've actually earned five or six times more work tokens from making referrals than I have actually running my own payroll, which is just a ridiculous thing that I I looked up a little bit ago.
3: What role does the work token play in the Opolis ecosystem?
1: So this is one of the really cool innovations Cooperatives have existed for a long time, and their patronage is usually shares in the cooperative, like REI. When you shop as a customer at REI, sometimes you'll get a rebate, sometimes you'll get discounts. It depends on how the voters determine to to pass that patronage forward. What we've done is we've tokenized patronage, and we've said the shares of the cooperative are, are actually the work token. And so there are three ways to earn the work token. By running your payroll, by making a referral, or by staking the token. Um, and there are currently zero things besides staking that you can do with the work token. You can, I mean, you can send it back and forth. You can stake it, but the two main things that it will be used for are governance in our bylaws. Once we have a thousand members, the work token holders become the primary form of governance right now. There's a board of stewards. And the second one will be profit distribution or rebate. So when you earn the work token, you can stake it. You can hold it. You can sell it whatever, there's a secondary market, if you choose to hold on to it, you'll be able to participate in profit sharing once we have profits distributed. And that'll be actually be up to the workholders to determine how those profits get distributed because we estimate that there will be profits to distribute somewhere between twenty five and
0: 3,000 3, members, and the members take over at 1,000. Is this like planned progressive decentralization? Is that what this looks like?
1: Absolutely. Um, progressive decentralization I'm a, I'm a big proponent of I think it's the the best way to like you've got a core team that has these ideas and a structure and a very transparent plan on how to decentralize I think things that start decentralized have a much harder time scaling and finding product market fit I actually can't off the top of my head think of something that started decentralized and became that you guys have one to chime in with but uh, yeah. So the the plan is we've got a board of stewards. Uh, There's seven members of the board of stewards. Uh, six of them are active employee members of the commons. The seventh is Eric Arsenault, who has not joined because he's Canadian. And uh, when we expand to Canada, he'll be the first member, in which case we will have all seven members of our board be employee members. So the values are still aligned. The board is not going to make changes that are against the, the best interest of the commons because we all want to grow and get to that thousand members as quickly as possible. And if you're listening to this and you would like to help us grow, the podcast or Logos itself would be the referrer and they're going to get credit. And So when you start running your payroll through, let's say you run a 100 grand a year in payroll, you're going to earn somewhere between 90 and a 100,000 work tokens. And Logos is also going to earn somewhere between 90 and 100,000 work tokens for that patronage. Oh,
3: I had no idea that this was an extra benefit of, of doing this. I'm also just kind of curious about like how we would transition. I currently just get out of W2 and go on sure. to Gusto and run payroll. Like what what is the transition like for a web to Gusto style company? If they just want to say, all right, everyone, you're going to be on your own, but we encourage you to go be an Opalus co-op member. Have you seen people do that transition?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Dapex decentralized into FIO protocol and said, hey, uh, Opalus is a thing that you can join. That was the first one to do it back in, October, November, 2020. And they said, here's this option. We're going to help you get set up with it. And they, from their treasury, pay USDT just to their contributors. And those contributors, almost all of them run their payroll through Opalus. Um, we also did this with ShapeShift. When ShapeShift became ShapeShift DAO, I think we somewhere between 50 and 70 of their core contributors uh, came over and started running their payroll through And then also uh, MakerDAO and Gitcoin are the other big examples when they decentralized. And so what we would do with you, how many employees do you have? Uh,
3: We're at like five employees.
1: Five employees that are getting W2s? Cool. So, And I imagine you're the founder, you're on the Mm C-Corp. So uh, you wouldn't have to create a new entity because uh, anyone who's an owner on the C-Corp can use the C-Corp as their joining entity. Your employees who are not on the C-Corp, what we would do is help them set up an LLC that elects S-Corp at the federal level. And that's so that they're eligible to become an employee of their own company. And what we would do is help transition them from a W-2 agreement arrangement with with Logos to being a 1099 contractor of Logos, where they're going to invoice Logos for their, their pay. And so instead of a W-2 under their social security number, they're going to get a 1099 onto their EIN. This is their LLC's tax ID. And then what we're going to do is we're going to invoice their LLC, which we call an employment vehicle. We're going to invoice their employment vehicle for that pay or more or less, depending on whether they've got other employment or if they want to uh, keep some in their corporate reserve for travel or business expenses. And then we're going to issue them a W-2 through that process. So it's something that you as the founder of Logos would make as an option available to your employees. And then you could even subsidize their LLC formation. We could come to an agreement where we reimburse. If all five of your employees make the jump to us, we would reimburse that LLC cost. That's something we can do. And Logos would be the referrer for these five employees. So all of the payroll that you're running through Gusto. Well, so one, there's no, there's no service fee. So you're paying Gusto a monthly plus probably per month for each user that goes away. I don't know if you're offering your employees benefits. Are you? Do you guys get like health insurance?
3: Some employees use benefits. Not everyone does, but yes, some people elect to get that, yeah.
1: Cool. I'd I'd be interested in seeing what those rates are and see if uh, if we compare. Theoretically, they would be better premiums per plan by the nature of you have an employment of five. And so you have negotiated basically with a broker saying we have five employees, give us a bulk discount. Whereas we go and say we've got, 350 employees give us a bulk discount. And so they probably see slight improvement or a slight decrease in the premium cost, depending. You would no longer be responsible for paying payroll taxes. And so what you would want to do is increase your employees' salaries by anywhere from 12 to 17% and just give that as like cash instead of withholding. And it ends up being about the same to you. And Logos is slightly de-risked and also opens up your entire company to payroll mining. So uh, your employees are going to earn work tokens for what they process through as payroll. Logos is going to earn referral rewards uh, in the same amount that the employee is earning. Uh, and then you'll all be able to stake it. And then here's the best part. Does Gusto give you shares in their company for running, running payroll through Gusto? Not that I'm aware of. No, they don't. They absolutely do not. It's a Web2 company. But you'll be earning the work token, which you'll be able to stake, which will then give you rights to profit sharing when we have profits to distribute. Nice.
3: We're, we're also working on figuring out how to update the whole corporate structure to be more, more co-op like in, in general. Also interested in learning from you on that. Perhaps we, perhaps that's a whole other topic of like how to actually form a DAO as a co-op, which seems to fit so much better than all these DAOs I see out there, which are like slapping LLC on it and then start struggling with like the fact that they chose an LLC.
1: Yeah, I'd want to, um, reserve the bulk of that topic for if like you wanted to have like Yev and Bill on. They would be great hosts if I could recommend them to talk about the Colorado cooperative framework and how it fits nicely with DAOs and like when it should be used, when it's maybe not a good fit. But I'll I'll just say that, uh, Colorado is the Delaware of co-ops. So you don't have to have any like relationship to Colorado to set up a Colorado cooperative the same way you don't have to live in Delaware to have a Delaware corp. It's a, it's a really good flexible structure that is more in line with what DAOs are and the ethos of DAOs rather than this Wyoming law, which tries to take a DAO and shove it into a LLC hole, which is another really interesting topic of like taxonomy. The, the Wyoming DAOs are no longer DAOs because they're not centralized or autonomous. They have to have this like key man, this controller who signs on the dotted line on behalf of DAOs, which then makes it not a DAO. But we've legally defined a Wyoming DAO as a DAO. That's how definitions work. Which is a really interesting topic to to deep dive into. But we don't have to get into that now.
2: Yeah.
3: Something else that I'm curious about is once you go from, say, 300-something co-op members to 10,000 to, say, like you're the size of Amazon, you're like a million people, like what do you anticipate the collective negotiation, but, I mean, other impacts that are going to happen? Like once there's just a massive amount of people all working for the same co-op?
1: This is a great question. and I love that you phrased it as inevitable and not a what if. It's like, this is when this happens. I want to get into the micro first of like this concept of guilds, which is where uh, smaller groups within a co-op can kind of break off and have a different class of benefits. And so the negotiating power of the overall will continue to get bigger. But there will be certain groups that will want to break off to be able to offer different sorts of benefits that wouldn't impact the collective. So, for example, drivers would want a different set of insurances than real estate agents. Uh, and we have a growing number of clergy who are joining the platform, uh, which is really cool because there's a lot of independent clergy. One of my good friend's dad's the a rabbi, and he kind of started this trend of rabbis joining. <laughs> and rabbis have something called, well, all clergy have clergy insurance which is not something that anybody else needs. And so once we have a certain number of clergy, uh, we can actually offer that as a benefit inside of the payroll process without affecting rideshare drivers or construction workers. And so inside of all of these different employment classifications is also different workers' compensation. And so each of these different administrative codes will probably end up being in different guilds. And so as we grow... Different admin codes will be able to scale separate of the other. The negotiating power at scale for all of these combined is going to be just fantastic. Basically writing our own ticket of, well, one being, being self-insured and, and writing these kind of our own, our own path forward.
2: Yeah.
3: And reducing.
1: Yeah. We're this web two, web three bridge where we have to, we're completely grounded in web two foundation, but with web three values. And so we're able to offer web three people, web two benefits. And eventually, once we are at scale and, you know, series A, series B, we've got enough money to kind of write our own show. The sky is the limit. And like, if you can dream it, we can build it. And so I don't want to like box us into this is what it's going to look like in five, 10 years. Cause I have no idea what it's going to look like in five. I don't know what our company, our logos, our, our DAOs, like, what is the Buffcorn Biddle Brigade going to look like in two years?
3: Yeah. Um, something that I was imagining as you're talking about that is I mean, given that it's a DAO, let's imagine that I, okay, well, I've got a bunch of kind of wacky ideas. But one is like, we now have a DAO of people that elect to create a decentralized social security, where even like once you leave the co-op, maybe you have some sort of like benefits or, or maybe that's the work token. Like maybe that's the w- role that the work
1: token takes. UBI is something that I think about. Like I was a, I was a Yang fan, loved the concept of UBI. Crypto really makes these things possible. We met with a, a team that's doing like pensions for like like crypto pensions. You pay in as part of your paycheck. And then 10, 15, 20 years later, everyone's drawing from this. It's, it's absolutely possible. We mm-hmm. could become our own bank. We could do both the business banking and the personal banking where the Ethereum addresses or any addresses are just posted as part of this account. We could issue our own mortgages, we could securitize payroll, payroll factoring, invoice factoring. The, the the sky is literally the limit. Anything that is employment in this entire realm, we could theoretically build inside of this freelancer's like mecca. Hey like I, I love where your head's at.
3: Yeah, I'm I'm getting really excited about it.
1: You're gonna build social security on the blockchain inside of Opolus? There you go. Ooh.
3: maybe somebody wants that.
0: I was going to say, I think by the time we get to the point where we need social security, we will need that (laughs) because I'm not holding my uh, hopes out for it being there for me when I'm my dad's age.
1: Well, if we start contributing to our own social security.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's what I think would be really cool is like trusted fund managers who are in the network who are like, cool, you're taking a portion of all of our funds you're putting it into a staking pool that's safe. It's got you know a much higher return than anything that's out there right now, and it's going to be held there for me when I turn this age or whatever.
1: That gets into a good DeFi conversation because like people thought that the twenty percent on Luna was stable and safe.
3: Right, that's a good point because um, I, uh, I know some people from relax. like the the like the pension like pension funds from different states or like the teachers' retirement funds, and they it's like these individuals. That are in charge of going around and like investing the, all of the money of like the employees of a specific state into various like hedge funds or, or typically like not super risky investments. Oh, but, you
1: also watch billions?
3: Um, was that a billions theme?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's one of the things. I mean the guy runs a hedge fund, and he has to talk to the head of the like, firefighters union who's in charge of their pension plan. That's like a, a theme from one of the earlier students.
3: I mean, just yeah, imagine if we had the ability to uh, elect a different form of of investing for like a portion of our earnings um, through a co op like this. I would just I would just find that very appealing.
1: There's an interest like I just want to add here that there was a a call somebody tried to sell me on like a fiduciary thing where it's like we're money managers and so you could put your money with us and like we have a financial a fiduciary responsibility to like doing the best investments. And I was like, so do you guys do crypto anything? And he's like, no, we can't do that. I was like, so by definition, you are not exposing me to the assets that are the least risky because you're exposing me to cash, which is being def- inflated at 8 to 12%. So you're automatically losing me more than you're charging me in addition to losing this money. He's like, yeah, I see what you're saying, but we can't do that yet. And so, like, the fiduciary responsibility would be to leave the dollar and get into crypto that's not a thing that's possible under current laws.
3: Yeah. As we wrap up, I just want to make it very clear how people, if they want to become a member of the Opalist co-op, like where do people go to learn more about it? Um, I'm going to schedule some more time with you after this to figure out how to do our own transformation. How would somebody let's say that is getting paid by DAOs or just is a freelancer in web 2 what, like what are their first steps?
1: Yeah. The best, place to go would be to uh, commons.opolis.co. There's a link that we can drop if you have a company that you need to form. Um, If you already have a company, you can just go to commons.opolis.co and start filling out your stuff. Um, If you'd like to book a meeting with one of the membership stewards uh, or me, you can drop the Calendly link in there. Calendly.com slash 0xjoshua. Feel free to book some
0: time with me. I think you can pretty much get a hold of these guys anywhere on Twitter, (laughs) Oh, all of my DMs are open.
2: Clearly, there is a lot of disruptive potential here. And you guys are really leveraging um, the power of DAOs to create um, a more democratized workforce and creating incredible benefits for the next generation. So if you could just share your perspective on the future of DAOs, um, or give us one word, one final thought, what would that be?
0: DAOs are a pathway to a fairer richer and more equitable future for employees users contributors i think that all web2 companies are dead they just don't know it yet
1: and that if you're not dowing your company and issuing your customers shares for patronage you're just not going to make it
2: hope you enjoyed today's episode of dow or never Make sure to subscribe at logos.xyz podcast and follow us on Twitter at ZeroXLogos so you never miss out on any of the latest happenings in the DAO world. It's DAO or never.